Hi, everyone. This is Gloria um, of the She Loves Good Things podcast, and I have Mabel Nunes, the founder and chief education officer of girlsonthemoney.com. Um, and today I'll be asking her some questions. And, um, you know, I'm just so excited that she's here. As everyone knows, um, the Loving the Work We Do podcast also tries to trace like people's calling and vision, but also from a perspective of, you know, saving money, loving life, and then of course, loving the work you do. So if investing, which is what Mabel does, is something that you're interested in, um, today we're going to dive deep into those questions. And right now, um, what are we, September 1st? Um, Tesla, Apple are doing great things. Uh, depending on how you see that and um, even made a great week to actually be doing this and I'm so excited and grateful that she's here and so with that we will um, jump into the question so come on in pull up a chair and let's learn together so Mabel um, of course like I've said like a million times I'm so excited that you're here and that we're doing this. Um, I um, and my kids, we started investing in stocks last year. And maybe I should not even say my kids, right? Um, me and my kids, because it was actually my son who took his birthday money and decided that he wanted um, an Ameritrade account. And we, yeah. And um, we started, I want to take, um, you know, claim of what he did. Maybe I influenced him some way, but uh, I, 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 I don't know. So, um, but, so we've noticed a lot of things during that um, time, you know, having the stocks we've learned, but um, I feel like there's so much more, a lot of people can learn from you. I did try out questions to um, people in my um, community. And I was so amazed. I got a lot of comments. Um, I don't know if I'll have time for all of them today, but I will go through um, some of them with you. And, um, but first of all, I want to ask you like this really weird question. Okay. So, and the question goes, oh, I wrote it down somewhere. Um, okay. So, how is it possible that you ended up studying, like your first, when you went to college, you did the first degree, computer science. Um, I, I was researching. <laughs> yeah, you did your homework, that's so funny. <laughs> I had into the archives and um, then I'm like, you know, reading up on you, researching it. I'm like, you had no reason whatsoever to even have chosen, you know, computer science as your degree. Um, but it's possible that you had classes or maybe you did good in certain classes, which made you decide to, you know, go for that apart from the fact that it was the thing then, everybody else was jumping onto IT. And as such, you just were like, you know, that's the thing. But then you got to the class and it was, you know, it became really difficult. So I guess my question is like, did a family member tell you? Cause I'm um, African, Nigerian, and sometimes like you only have an option of certain degrees you can take accountant doctor engineer lawyer um so so how did you get yourself into computer science yeah thank you gloria first of all for inviting me on your podcast i'm super excited as well to be here to talk to you about stocks which is something that i can talk about for you know forever <laughs> but um yeah great question so basically um i went into undergrad as a computer science major like you found out my you know my background However, I found those classes to be completely impossible to understand. Like I was lost. Like I, I think my first test, I got like a 30. It was so bad. Wow. So, so I decided, okay, maybe this is not the field for me. Um, it was like during the, 
I started undergrad around 2002 when like the mm -hmm. whole internet boom was going on. So I think that's one of the reasons why I was motivated to start, you know, to pursue a degree like that. But I soon realized it wasn't my thing. And then fate had it or God or the universe, I don't know, but I ended up um, as a business major. I changed into business and I took my concentration was yes, general business. But then my senior year of college, I took a finance course on investing, um, investment analysis, something like that. And it was my the first my first semester of senior year. So <clears throat> sorry. So about a semester before I graduated from college, and I just fell in love with the world of investing in stocks. I became obsessed with the with the subject. So I ended up graduating. Uh, I ended up taking enough finance courses to graduate with a finance concentration because I was just obsessed with the topic. Um, but before that, to your point, I had never in my life heard about the stock market. Nobody mm -hmm. in my family ever invested. Um, it was something that I had never encountered until that one class that I took in college. Um, my parents did a great job educating me about the, the foundation of personal finance, like saving money, don't like overcharge your credit cards and stuff like that. But investing was something I had never heard about until that one class that I took my senior year. Wow, that is, um, I, I, I read up on um, the prof professor, I can't remember his name now, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I so like 92 over 100 and you still didn't get a prize. That was my thought. Like, <laughs> like how, how is that possible? It should be like a runner up prize. I know but, nothing, you know? but I was proud of myself. I think whoever won got like, all their stocks were like, outperforming or something. I don't remember. I'm like, whatever, you know, I, I discovered this awesome thing. So I was, I was okay. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love passion. And I think I really love like the way um, that you landed on it. So that's pretty, pretty cool. And I think we need a lot of, um, we need more people in women, foreigners, immigrant community that um, can understand how to invest better and which leads me to one other question that someone asked and um her thing was like um how to move through the fear of investing especially as a woman and i'm like i think generally i'm fearful every day but to even you know but stocks which has been like a wall street thing something that's just predominantly men how have you been able to move through that fear and how would you advise other women to start yeah amazing question because i can definitely relate i was that person even though i graduated with a finance degree and a passion for investing i was still fearful i was still scared i was still skeptical so I can only imagine somebody with no background in finance, how they might feel like, you know, if I was freaking out about the stock market, I can only imagine, you know, other people. Um, I think what helped me get over that fear was taking action. So before I opened my first investment account, I was reading up on the stock market. I was making lists of companies that I wanted to invest in, but I was still very scared. Like, oh, like, okay, I have everything ready, but I don't know how to make that jump. So it wasn't until I opened that account, and I bought like four shares, only four shares of my favorite company at the time. And I just let it go. I'm like, I'm going to buy these four shares and just see what happens. I wasn't, you know, I didn't go crazy, you know, investing thousands of dollars, nothing like that. Um, so I would recommend start very slow and steady, open that investment account, deposit a little bit of money. It doesn't have to be anything crazy and then take that first step. And I think that can play a major role in getting over that fear. Because that, at least for me, that was my that's that's what got me over the the you know okay. the hesitation. So okay. and I, I feel like that makes um that makes sense. Ari um I know in doing my research um that you love like the big stocks. So like even for me, I'm gonna tell you what you inspired me to do between um the time we said we'd do this and yesterday. So um by intuition. I had, before COVID started, 
decided that, oh, I wanted to buy Rite-Aid stocks. And in my head, I had a reason, right? Like it used to be great, but all of a sudden it wasn't. And I was like, you know, what's the potential of this company? I was talking to my kids and, and that was last year, like after, um, like around October or November or something. And they were like, no, why do you want to buy Rite-Aid shares? Da, 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 da. Anyway, during COVID, when everything was like, I was like, oh my gosh, Rite-Aid. Cause then there was something the president said and then bam, Right, it started picking up. So like, I was like, okay, I think I just got in just close enough and bought the stock. But anyway, bought the stock. But look, this is what I did from you saying that sometimes you don't need to buy like cheap stocks in one of your videos. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, go, sometimes go for the big one, you know. So what we did was I decided, I offloaded everything I bought for Rite Aid. It had only grown like maybe four dollars since we bought it in March and now and I'm like you know me you know just take all the money I've gained from just dumping pennies you know pennies into Rite Aid I use it to buy this big one stock so I just want to say that you inspired me to do this as of yesterday we did that trade on <laughs> I'm very sure it was like you know just sell and just like buy and instantly we did that so looking forward to uh Apple stocks grow in, in, you know, in the near future. Um, so, and um, I feel like there's something you said earlier that um, if I was listening, I'll be like, why didn't she ask a question? So the four stocks you bought when you started, what were those? There was actually four shares of Google. Oh. So Google wasn't as it was today. It was, you know, it was cheaper. Much, it was 10 years ago or 12 okay. years ago. So, and the reason why I bought it was, okay, to your point, to what you just said, my, my approach towards investing has always been to buy quality. I don't focus on price. Like, I don't care if there's this, this company that's trading for $2 or $4. That doesn't concern me because I have, I have this thing that if I'm going to invest my money in something, I want to buy the best of the best, cream of the crop type of stuff. So thank God that's always been my approach. So I've never bought like penny stocks or anything like that. That hasn't really attracted me. So by buying these big companies, even though they seem expensive or whatever, yeah. I buy them because they're unique. They, um, you know, they don't have competition. You know, for the most part, they will continue to grow and thrive for many years to come. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like my approach to investing. Um, and yeah, and that, in, that investment I still have to this day is like my baby. <laughs> I haven't sold my share. Like there was my, my first four shares ever. I haven't sold them. Um, over time I've had added to it a little bit, added to other companies. Okay. That was my, my first lesson in knowing that when you buy quality, it pays off. That's okay. why when I teach my courses or I talk to people about investing, I always tell them, don't focus on the price, focus mm-hmm. on the potential of the business and how you know it's growth going forward and and, you know if it doesn't have any competitors and if it's like cream of the crop if you find those kinds of companies you're on the right track you know regardless of the price okay okay i think um so what's up if i could just piece this you you having shares in google means like you're also privy to like all the financial statements and like news like the you know 10q statements and all of those things um stockholders meeting what's up with google they have been quiet all through this like covid like yeah and i'm suspecting like there's there has to be something in the work but for some reason we're all bypassing them like apple is there tesla's always talking like their ceo never just like he's not out there like all the other companies should yeah. we be buying up um google stocks <laughs> um, i don't yeah i don't know why they to be honest since i've been with them for so many years i know for a fact that they've always been quiet they've always been on the back you know on the bad side doing their thing the thing is that they don't have any competition at least not in the united states so they're like in a league of their own i would say the only close competitor would be facebook because Facebook, the way Facebook makes money is through ads. Okay. And, and Google, obviously, their main source of income is ads. Um, so uh, if I were to say which, who's their competition, I will maybe say Facebook, maybe Amazon, but not really. 
Um, so they're kind of like over here by themselves. So they're always kind of quiet. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's just normal for them just because they have nothing, you know, they don't really fight against anyone. They do get a lot of, um, they face challenges from the government saying that they're too big, that they need yeah. to like break up into different companies because they are massive and nobody can compete with them. So they're, they're only in the news when there's like some lawsuits from the government okay. saying, you know, you guys are too big. But I think that's like kind of dumb because, okay, are you going to get rid of Google? Like they pretty much run the world. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's why I want to. So what are you trying to say? Like even people in the government that find them or fight them, they use Google. So I don't know what the deal is. But that's pretty much why they're on the news. But to be honest, for the most part, they're always, you know, on the low, whatever. Yeah, okay. kind of quiet. Wow. I was just like, wait, Google's there. No one's talking about them. Okay. Thank you for saying that. And I do know, like, because I do work for um, a government agency, like, you know, all the emails and everything, that people are using Google, not Zoom, you know. And, you know, so, wow. I, I will check Google out. They haven't crossed my radar in a lot they're a little pricey but they you know when you think about it okay they're pricey but who competes with them you know they're like yeah. in a league of their own so just oh. you know keep that in mind like i don't like to recommend things i just like to people to like see for themselves like okay mm -hmm. let me look into this and and see if it's something that fits your investing strategy or your investing goals type of thing but, i yeah. think that those are really good so let me see i have um couple more questions so question is um i have a 15 year old daughter who's starting to earn money with a job and i wanted to give her a head start i never had is there um an age limit to invest in stock or what does um what would be a place for her to start that's one and i feel like someone else had a similar question um i guess it's almost the same but it's not so that's no, that's that question just just that great question i'd be curious to know how old they are but if they're a teenager and they're working i'm assuming they're getting a w-2 or a, you know some type of form tax form at the end of the year um if they are working and getting earned income through that job i i think the one of the best options is a roth ira um, mm. if, if they wanted to go that route. Oh. So basically, the benefits of a Roth IRA is that if she starts investing or saving and investing from now, every, all, everything that she earned from her investments within the Roth account is growing tax-free. Mm -hmm. So by the time she, she retires or when she reaches 59 and a half, she can cash out all that money with pay, paying no taxes whatsoever. So that's what makes Roth IRAs, excellent vehicles. Oh. And if, they, if she starts that young, she could be a millionaire. And this is not even wishful thinking or nothing. It's just plain math. If she opens a Roth IRA and she contributes consistently and makes good investments, she could be a millionaire by the time she's 45, 50, even before she retires. Wow. Um, so that's an excellent vehicle. Um, but it depends on whether her daughter wants to save and invest for retirement starting now, or if she wants to just have an investment account that's separate for her to like start learning about the markets and start you know selecting different investments and seeing how that goes that's mm -hmm. also a great idea if she just wants to just get her foot in the door and start understanding the markets then definitely yeah open an investment account there's so many different options out there td ameritrade ali invest schwab fidelity vanguard anything like everything okay. it's free to open free to invest which is amazing in this day and age so yeah, start putting some money from her job in those accounts and start kind of picking companies that she likes. Um, I just will be cautious with saying that because I like to emphasize like select quality from the beginning. Like yeah. if she opens an account and tries to buy penny stocks, she's going to be very disappointed. Um, she's going to either lose her money or don't make any money or get hyper, get hyped one day because she made $2 and then lose it the next day. <laughs> Me. Um, yeah, so I, and I understand that because a lot of people that start with investing start that way and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a learning curve. So I would recommend if you're going to go that route, just buy quality and, yeah. and see what happens. So. Yeah, that was, that was really good. I think, um, <laughs> but 
Yeah, I feel like everything has been a learning experience, like with the stocks that we bought and then by even buying the, you know, the right aid and knowing like it didn't make anything. For me, it's been, it's been like that. My son, the one who just helped, <laughs> he's the one who was like, you know, all I did is just 10,000 and like, cause like all of the things he picked has always made money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, glad, I'm glad to know that. Okay, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. <laughs> so, so he thinks he's on a roll. I'm like, you yeah. still have something to learn. And so one of the questions I, I have is because of him. So like, if you have a child who believes like they know everything intuitively, and like they do not need any advice from anybody else, how do you help that child? Like invest in stock? Like, because like to him is like everything I've always done has been good, good, good. Like I, I research, I do this, like and I know what I'm doing. Like I don't need your help. I don't need to ask people for questions. I'm like, no, you got to learn more. So like, do you have any idea? I know you have that program um, for kids, um, that course. So like, how do you, if you've had a child like that, how do you help them? So my first question about your child is when did they, when did he start investing? Did he start this year? He started last year. Okay. All right. Because I was going to say um, this year, if, if somebody started investing in April of this mm-hmm. year, when the market started re- recovering, and from April to now, the market has done amazing. So pretty much anyone that started investing from April to uh-huh. August of 2020 has done great. So they might think they're experts because, you know, the market is up for everyone. Um, but if he started last year, okay, I'm going to give him some, some, some leeway. It started like- March, March. And now that I think about it, he did make a wrong invest. Like there was one company invested it, immediately invested. They went to like three quarter. Oh God. Yeah. That's what I was going to say next. Like, I would love to take a look. Like, let's say he was my cousin or a family member. I would love to take a look at what he's investing in, um, to see what kind of companies, um, he's putting his money in because, I know with teenagers or young adults, when they feel that they know everything, it's hard mm-hmm. to get them to not think that they're experts. Um, so the best way would be like, you know, I would take a look and kind of like- I-, I can tell you if you want to dig into it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Before, um, before the crash, he had stuck in the company that went down Shush, I can't remember the name now, but it was one of those Play, like the PlayStation people or something. Oh, no, it wasn't GameStop. It was, um, I don't know the name of it. Maybe. I can't remember the name, but it was one of those. And then, um, actually, let me see. I can pick as I can. So I'll be curious to know if he's putting a lot of his money in like penny stocks, very cheap stuff like that. That's a gamble. Okay, that's a gamble. And, and it, it, it kind of like, it makes me like, how do I explain it? It makes me kind of sad only because I know that eventually he's going to hit a wall and he's going to mm. see, he's going to lose enough money that's going to be discouraged with the markets. Okay, uh, okay. When you invest in penny stocks and kind of like very cheap things like that, you're essentially gambling with the markets. You're not investing. Okay, but okay. the good thing is that he's very young. So hopefully by the time he's like, you know, 18, 20 or whatever, he'll learn his lesson yeah. <laughs> and start investing the right way because it's very hard to, you know, you know, they think, okay, I'm, I, I'm investing in these companies that are super cheap. I'm going to, I just have to invest a hundred dollars and I'm going to make all this money. Yep. Yeah. mentality um so yeah it's just, i was like that too when i was young so i totally like i knew i knew everything no one could tell me anything <laughs> so it's understandable yeah um it's just it's gonna if he doesn't want to 
kind of listen to, okay, this is how you invest in quality. Just let him learn his lesson as long as he's not investing thousands of dollars because that can get very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's going to hurt even more when he hits that wall. Every single person that I've met, that I've interacted with in my life that have invested in penny stocks have regretted it. And they've told me, Mm. they've expressed that to me and it's a story that I hear over and over again and it repeats itself over and over again so that's why I kind of know where he's going the good thing is that I'm glad he's doing like stocks and because the other day I, I met a neighbor of mine on the like downstairs and he was telling me how his teenager is investing in forex or playing with the forex mm. market and I was you know he's like what do you think about that I'm like that's you know, I don't like Forex. I don't agree with it. I don't put one penny of my money in that. I think that's also gambling in my opinion. People mm -hmm. might disagree with me, but I 100% I'm, I'm against putting my money in there or advising anyone to put their money in there. So I kind of told him the same thing, you know, let him learn his lesson. Eventually mm -hmm. he's going to learn the lesson. He's going to hit that wall. He's going to lose enough money that he's going to say, whoa, like, okay, yeah. this is not good. And then hopefully he won't just quit the stock market because sometimes people get so discouraged because they lost so much money that they just decide, okay, the market is not for me. Let me just do, save my money in the bank and call it a day. And then they miss out on the amazing way of, of growing wealth through good quality companies. So they uh, that good side of investing because they got, you know, kind of just destroyed by the trashy type of investment. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's I the see. thing. It's, it's, it's a challenge, but sometimes you just have to learn their lesson. Yeah, I see where, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I have to step back. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to get involved as long as he's not waste, you know. Oh, no, he's not. And I even feel like with well, the um, person um, that asked the question, like, I feel like she too, because if you have a child working at like age 15, my son is like 16, mm -hmm. um, that child has already demonstrated like they want to be self-accountable and you know a little bit of responsibilities in them so yeah but i feel like i guess as parents you just <laughs> you want to shelter your kids for a long long time so you mentioned something in one of the videos i was watching that you recorded i think it was eps, EPS? no i don't think it was ets oh. Okay. E EPS is there? Okay. okay. What 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 is EPS? So EPS stands for earnings per share, mm -hmm. and it's it's a metric that you can use to check on whether or not a company is profitable. So um, a lot of the companies that trade in the markets, it doesn't mean that they're all prof profitable. So for those people that don't, aren't accounting majors or maybe don't understand what I mean by that, it's basically. Companies have sales from their products and services, and then they have expenses paying their, their, you know, their lease or paying employees, whatever. After expenses, do they have any money left? Mm. If they have any money left, that's profits, that's earnings. If they don't have any money left, then they don't, you know, there's, there's nothing there. There's no profits. So earnings per share is a metric that you can use to see if there's any money left after sales and expenses. Okay. Personally, I don't invest in companies that are not profitable because I feel they're kind of, you know, there's, there's too risky. You know, why would I put my money in something that that's not, that's not profitable yet? I don't mind waiting. There's other metrics that you can look into to kind of like justify the fact that they're not profitable. Mm -hmm. But if you just want to do like a quick look up, like, okay, is this company profitable or not? A great app that you can use, or even the website version on Yahoo Finance. Are you, do you use Yahoo Finance? Yeah, I, once in a while. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's old school, but yes, I it still is. Have it. it is, but it's like they, they haven't come out with something better, so we're still using that. Um, if you go to Yahoo Finance and you look up a company, like you put the name of the company on the search bar, mm -hmm. on the screen where you have all those numbers and data, you're going to see one piece of data that's going to say EPS. Okay. If the number is negative, that means mm -hmm. the company is not profitable. If the number is positive, then it means that they are a profitable business. So okay. that's a good way. If you're doing your research, if you have a list of stocks and you're doing your research and you want to know, okay, is this company, you know, it looks good, but are they profitable? You can do a quick search on like Yahoo okay. Finance. Just look at that EPS metric. Is it negative? Is it positive? And then you can kind of like use that as part of your research. Oh, wow. Okay. I like that. 
Yeah, I know. It was like listening. I was like, okay, I don't know what, but I feel like that right there. So if anybody's listening, let me talk to the, to the <laughs> video or whatever. Like if anybody's listening, I feel like that by itself is something you'll learn in like a class that you're paying for. And you know, you're getting that here. Um, like to just take that, whatever company you're trying to buy the stock in, put the information in Yahoo. And that's even like a shorter way in like you can add that to going to their um, website and reading their financials, but that by itself is almost like bottom line of your financial statement right there. Like, you know, you're passing all the step. If you didn't have time to do your research, go find that EPS and make a decision on what you're buying. So thank you so much for explaining that. Let me look through. Um, so it says, um, What's better to invest in short versus long-term? What's a, it's a lot of questions. <laughs> What's a good percentage to keep for different life stages? I'm not sure if that's in your, I feel like that's a portfolio allocation thing. Maybe that thing they talk about when you're 30, 40, 50. So I don't know. So we'll give this question a try. Um, but if a mom is investing and knows that 20% of what she should be invested in is stock type A, then what would be helpful? And I feel like maybe the person is saying for someone with not a lot of money that's disposable, like maybe what should they be allocating? I don't think you can be the judge of that, but you can give us like, I, yeah, cause that person has to look at their, they have to look at their budget first. And like you say in all of your um, blogs and videos have emergency savings set up already before you start investing. And then I think maybe build on, on that. So I don't know if, if that's a good question. I can look again. <laughs> so. To the, to the question about short-term versus long-term. Okay, okay. I'm a fan of long-term investing. So I get, I'm assuming that by short-term, she means like kind of day trading type of stuff. So day trading is when you sit in, in front of your computer while, while the market is open and you're trying to buy, you know, catch a buy something and sell something based on like patterns on a chart, like a stock chart. Mm -hmm. um, trading to me is like gambling. I don't gamble. I don't trade. Uh, I don't day okay. trade at all. Uh, my philosophy and my strategy is to buy quality and then hold on to those investments for at least three years, three to five years or longer. Um, okay. I'm very long-term. As long as I, I hold on to the stocks, as long as my thesis hasn't changed. So uh, what I mean by that is like, if, if there was a reason why I bought that stock mm -hmm. you know, three years ago, if I look at it three years later and my reason hasn't changed, it's still a good company, it's still growing, it's still making me money, I leave it alone. If my okay. thesis change, if maybe the company has different management or they, they stop offering certain products or services that made them unique, then at that point I can, I may decide, okay, it's time to let this go. And it, that's something that I check on like once per year, like once okay. per year, I look at my portfolio and I look at all my holdings and I say whether or not my reasons for buying those investments has changed or not. If they hasn't changed, like I said, I'll leave them alone or I might make a decision to sell if anything has changed. Okay. But overall, I'm very long-term and that's what I encourage. Um, if, that, if whoever asks that question is interested in like day trading stuff, I would tell them to be very careful. Um, to me, like I said, it's, it's like gambling. Um, but yeah, so there's a difference between being a day trader and being an investor okay. that you know, leaves their money alone for, for a few years. Okay, okay. And that makes sense. Um, I feel like that makes sense. And while you were saying that, like, a question that was coming to me, which I am human and I have forgotten. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I had a great question. <laughs> um, so I'm going to pass. I had it on the tip of my tongue and I lost it. Um, okay, let me pull. And this is why like, I like writing things out. So I have the ones written down. So something about you that you've always been like, I wish someone would ask me this question. Um, it could be 
financial, it could be about work, um, but that nobody ever asks you, but you'd, you'd like to share. And I'll give you an example, because I feel like I haven't owned, owned down the question well. Um, so, and it's that my journey started with my me being here today is all part of a journey that I always tell people started in 2015 um, after my divorce was finalized. But in hindsight, like after a while, I realized that it actually started when my elder brother died um, in 2014. And because he had always been there for me, I was like a protector, like everything like a girl could need in a brother. And uh, like, it would always be like, do this, do that. You're not assertive enough. You're too, assertive, you know, all those kind of stuff. And like, go for your dreams and things. And then he passed. And then I saw everything he had done in his life. Um, Cause he had had an accident, which left him paralyzed. Like, but what's that one company hit him in New York. Um, wow. So like the car got totaled by the time they took him to the hospital was paralyzed, but like, he still did a whole lot of stuff. Right. And so like, but that was my thing to stop me on my journey, right? So I know I've, we've talked about your beginning, that aha moment. And I feel like there's a lot of you out there, like if one really digs, but like, what is one thing about you that you wish people knew or would ask you, but they've never asked you? Wow, that's a very deep, deep. question. And, and I, yeah, it, it's great. I don't think I've ever been asked that, which is pretty awesome. Um, I was, yeah, as you were speaking, which is, wow, that's a, you know, crazy story, you know, about your brother and, you know, racing mm -hmm. teeth. Oh, crazy. Um, I was thinking about what would that be for me? I think, I think something that people don't really know or haven't asked me about is the fact that my dream when I got out of college, since I love the stock market so much, is that I wanted to work for an investment bank in Wall Street. Oh yeah, that's true. I read that. Oh, did you? I, I don't. Even, I don't even know where I put that out there. <laughs> and you worked. Wait, let me so that you'll see what I. I hope I don't make you forget what you're about to say. But but so you know, I did my research. But then you caught, first of all worked for an insurance company. You know, but you were like, okay, you know, start there first. That uh, uh, yeah, and then you did trickle your way down to um, a, an, a, a Wall Street type company for a minute, I think, yeah. Yeah, but but my dream, which was my dream back in the day, um, I worked in Wall Street, but I didn't work in investments or anything. I worked in insurance, which was my career. The minute I got out of college, for like about 10 years after college, I worked in insurance, not selling insurance, more like in the background, like under uh, underwriting claims, okay. like that, um, in the corporate side of the insurance world. Okay. Um, but I've always wanted to work for an investment bank um, or work in the New York Stock Exchange. Um, mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I didn't. Ha I never had those connections. I never had um, people that would say, "Okay, you love this world of investing. Let me try to help you get a job here." Or, or even when I went on job interviews, they saw this Latina girl from the Bronx. Like, what does she know about investing, or what can she contribute to this big company? Um, so I always felt like, okay, that was such like a big dream of mine and it didn't really materialize. Like I never mm -hmm. got to work at least until this point in my life in a wall street firm and investment banking, like I always wanted, but I always feel like God has better plans. Mm -hmm. Like my whole life, I always feel like something doesn't work out is because there's something better for me out there. So eventually I figured out that I, you know, the girls on the money name came to my mind, building this company came to mind. And eventually I learned that maybe God didn't want me helping rich people get richer. Maybe he wanted me helping people that don't know this stuff, yeah. that don't have the means to, or maybe don't think they have the means to invest. Maybe God wanted me to teach these people how they can grow wealth as opposed to me sitting in this big company, making millionaires, even, you know, making you yeah, more richer. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like, that's how, kinda, how I see it nowadays. But it used to, I used to be very... I used to get very sentimental about the fact like, oh, wow, why don't I get a chance to work in this big oh, company? Wow. Like, you know, why can I, you know, I understand like everybody is a white male. That's the, why you see mm -hmm. like maybe you yeah. see a random black person, maybe a random Latino person, but 
90% of the people in, in those companies are white males. Yes. So it didn't, it didn't click for me at the point. So I used to get down on myself, like, oh my God, like I wish somebody gave me a chance. But then as you get older, you see things more clear. And I understood that I had another mission in life maybe, that maybe wasn't that. Yeah. So that's something that I haven't, I don't think I've ever shared it, it that deep. Doesn't <laughs> that you get ex that's an exclusive, exclusive for you. Um, <laughs> even to this day, I still get sentimental. Like, wow, like that was such a big dream of mine, but God had better plans. Yes. So. Yes, and I, I totally, I feel like that connects to the theme of this podcast too, because truthfully, at the end of the day, like, I really believe that whatever we go through, like, I, I tell people, please don't feel too bad for me. Like, everything that I'm doing is part of my own work, my own, it's that tongue thing, my own walk, and that's my journey, but like, like you, it took a while to get to that place where like, I didn't feel like, like a victim. I feel bad for myself anymore. Like, I'm like, mm -mm, no, don't, don't, don't do that. Like, don't feel too bad for me. Like, this is what I was supposed to do. And, you know, I'm okay with it. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, you guys have me crying here, Gloria. Oh. <laughs> that was a very deep question. So why yeah. I don't think I've ever had the chance to like kind of share that. Okay, I'm glad you had the chance. And I want to say, I need to find out where I came up with the reason to ask that question. Either someone I'd listened to, like years before, had said that to someone, like, you know, he always thinks someone would ask him a question and nobody does. And it's like, doggone, that's like really, a really good question. So yeah, thank you so much for... Um, for sharing that. Someone said, what are things to avoid when buying stocks? Not necessarily say you can't make mistakes, but what is illegal or should be looked at with skepticism? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you buy it through the right avenues, you should be okay. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. but take a stop at that. If the stock is trading in an exchange, like the New York Stock Exchange or the Nasdaq or something called the OTC over the mark of, over the counter. Okay. Um, so I don't know if your audience is familiar with this, but the two main stock exchanges in the United States are the New York Stock Exchange and the Nasdaq. Mm -hmm. So if a company is legit and it's you know it has a uh, foundation, it's a it's a real business you will see it in these exchanges. OTC over the counter is, is also a legit exchange in the United States. However, a lot of the stocks that trade in OTC, under OTC are unregulated. So they're not, they're, sometimes they don't have to submit uh, 10Ks like annual reports or quarterly reports. They don't have to provide financial data. They, ha they have more lax um, requirements on the other okay. OTC. So I would, if, you know, I would recommend being skeptical of like OTC companies before you invest in them. In a quick way, by the way, I want to give you like a practical example again, okay. because I don't want it to sound like Chinese. If you go to Yahoo Finance and you type in the name of the company again, mm -hmm. um, whatever company you're considering, if you look under the name of the company, so it might say the Walt Disney Company. If you look under the name, you're either going to see NASDAQ or the New York, or New York Stock Exchange. Okay. Like, like really light letters, like, it's like grayish letters, but you'll see that there. If it's an OTC company, you're going to see OTC under it. So most penny stocks, for example, will trade under OTC. Okay. Um, not to say that they're not legit, but they don't have a lot of regulations. So the odds of you losing your money or the company disappearing and running away with your investment are very high. So, um, so I would be, I guess that would be my answer to that question. Just be careful with like OTC exchange companies. Okay. All right. Hopefully everybody stays like within financial institutions that they can ask, um, questions. Okay. So one more, um, well, I think I have two more questions. You're, you're going to laugh at this one. So again, while doing my research, um, you know, I'm um, I'm semi from I'm semi a foreigner. Um, my kids, of course, don't consider themselves foreigner. Just saying, um, I've been Nigerian American. But you had mentioned in one of your um, videos that um, ab about abroad, 
Um, and I think someone, maybe one of your audience had asked questions about buying stocks abroad. Um, um, what have you, so I guess for me, I'm just, I want to piggyback on that question. In, did you ever dive in to find out how the overseas system works or do you, like I would love to buy shares like in, I don't know, I think there's a China stock exchange you had mentioned and then like the, um, the one in Europe or England. Do you have like any new information about how to buy stocks there? Can like, how do you buy it? Um, yeah. Um, so do you mean like if you live in the United States and you want yes. to stock the trade? Yes. Yeah, so there's a way to do that through something called ADR. So, for example, I don't know, kind of like Adidas, for example. Adidas is not based in the United States. They're based on, I forgot, oh, really? somewhere in Europe, I think. Oh, wow. I never knew. Let me that. check okay. real quick. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, they're based on another country. So, the way most investors, I, if, I'm, if I'm not getting this confused, the way, the way most investors, um, in, they're from Germany. That's okay. Home based in wow. Germany. Wow. Have they always been in Germany? Yeah, they're they're a German business. There's actually a, a great podcast that I'm trying to remember the name of that tells you the whole story of Nike and Adidas, and it's super interesting. Um, I wish oh I gosh. remember I've the just name. Always thought Adidas was an American company. No, they're they're based on Germany, wow. and, and they're they're huge here. Okay. Yeah, um, they are. Yeah, well, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no problem. So the way most investors, for example, in the in the case of that company, you will have to be, buy the U.S. version of that stock through something called an ADR. So when you look it up on, if you Google it or look it up on Yahoo Finance, you're going to see that next to the name, you'll say ADR because that's yeah. the, the U.S. version of it. So yeah, you can definitely invest in abroad companies that are based on other countries in the united states as through that method okay. um otherwise i'm not really sure um maybe there's ways around that but it, i think it can get a little bit more complex because you know there's different taxes involved and you don't know if they get if you get paid dividends you don't know how much they're going to take away because it's another country or how do you report that in the united states so it could get a little tricky mm -hmm. but the ADR um, method makes it a lot easier and more straightforward if you, mm -hmm. uh, if you go that route for pretty much most major companies that are based on other countries. Okay. I feel like um, I could go on and on asking your questions. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> but I have to, I think I want to choose between this last two. And maybe we can have like a part two, like maybe when this gets out there and people have like more questions, um, you know, for maybe sure. we can do another one. But I, I'm trying to choose between two questions. So um, I know you kind of advise people like to set a schedule. I'm going to tell you, I'd never thought about that. Um, like I just do this as the spirit goes. So I guess like if you have any other like tips for that, or do you have like maybe a blog post that would show people like the, maybe like now that you're trying to, start buying stocks like these are the first three maybe routines you need to start maybe like i know the set the schedule thing and then like is there anything else they could do yeah i think i have a blog post i can't remember i have to look it up and if i do find the link i'll send it over okay that would I, would be great. Say, I guess you mean like steps to like kind of get started yeah because i know you say schedule like have a schedule when the day you always check in on your on your stock on the day to maybe to you transfer the money in and then days where you just go check the your account but not like you're always going in there but like have a plan of i move money in maybe on mondays and then like uh, maybe once a month and then at the end of the month i go in of course now everything is crazy because of covid but like if we're in a normal world <laughs> what would someone do you know, a very smart um, point that you brought up. So based, yeah. So once you open an investment account, which again is free to open, free to invest, there's really no excuse whatsoever. Like anybody out there watching this or listening to this and thinks there's an excuse, there's no excuse. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. Yeah, like people are like, oh, I don't have enough money. If you have ten dollars, if you have twenty dollars, 
you can invest. Like there's really no excuse whatsoever. So open the account and like to your point, if you can afford to automatically continue to deposit money into that account, maybe every month, maybe it's $20, maybe $50. You don't have to invest the money right away. Mm -hmm. It's just very smart to have like a cushion of money in your investment account just waiting for you. So let's say that you think about, oh, you know, this company, it's, it's a great business and it just went on sale because the market is acting crazy. Maybe yeah. it's a good time to buy it. You will have that money waiting for you. So, um, so it's a great idea to connect your checking account, whatever it is that you want to connect to your investment account and have automatic transfers um, every month, every two weeks, whatever you want. It could be $10, it could be $50, whatever it is, and let that money accumulate. And then you slowly buy, you know, buy stocks. And you don't have to look at your stocks every single day. You can just, you can just do what I do. Whenever you, maybe you want to do this once a month as you are getting started investing. So once a month, look at the stocks that you have and ask yourself, okay, do I still believe in this business? Do I still think it's a good investment? Has it made uh, me? Is it, you know, even if it hasn't, you know, that's kind of short term, like saying, has it made me any money in one month? But for the most part, if it's a good business, it probably has made you some money. So yeah, ask yourself those questions, evaluate. Um, you don't have to sell things because it went down one day because that's a quick way to lose money really fast. So that's the thing, but yeah, <laughs> that would be I a love, good strategy too. I love all of those. And um, to anybody listening, I feel like we may have a part two, so we'll discuss that later. But like already in my head, I'm like, you know, you mentioned penny stock. We got to talk about all this delve into maybe IPOs a little, but as we round up, um, I just want to ask you like, um, to share about what's next for you and, um, where can people find you? Um, and then any other thing you want to share, but definitely what's next and you know, where I know where people can find you, but like, I would love for you to say that too. <laughs> So the easiest platform or social media platform to find me is Instagram. So it's at Girls on the Money on Instagram. Also on Twitter, on Facebook. If you oh, wait, wait, wait. Repeat that slowly. Oh, <laughs> what, the Girls on the Money part yes. of this? Okay. Yes. Girls on the Money on Instagram, on Twitter. If you type in Girls on the Money on Facebook, uh, my group, I have a group too. So the group. Oh, okay. Yes. Group. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So you can... Uh, join my group um, or you can email me if you don't have social media. I don't blame you. Social media can get crazy. Yeah. You can email me hello at girlsonthemoney.com if you have any questions. Um, and what's next? I'm just constantly teaching my courses. So I have, I teach a, a six weeks bootcamp four times per year. So the fall edition is going to start, I'm thinking probably early October oh, around, okay. that, around that time. I also teach monthly workshops just to get people started with investing, which are like how to open an investment account, how to fund it, like just the basics, just that okay. foundation. Uh, I teach that in the monthly workshops, um, but any information about that, I'll share in my social media. So whoever okay. follows me there or wants to email me to find out what's the next class, they'll free, you know, I'll be happy to, to let them know. So. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. I really enjoyed this. I learned, I learned a lot, um, and um, so my my hope is that everybody learns as much as I do. Thank you so much for um, gracing us with your presence, and um, so as we sign off, I'm so grateful that you made it, and look forward to doing this again.